We can do our alien thing by disappearing. Right? right. Oh, alien. It's sucking me up into the ship. Ah. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Johnny Random Show. Today is going to be the conspiracy uh, slash everything theory of everything episode, where I'm going to lay out a lot of different things that I have uh, thought about um, and how I think a lot of conspiracies fit into the broader uh, schemes of history. So it's going to be a more fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. I We are on Patreon. Well, we'll be on Patreon soon. So if you want any of us to upgrade our cameras, get better equipment, do stuff like that, please, uh, please consider supporting the show. That would be greatly appreciated. And then we can do more things and uh, be a little bit more tech because right now we're running pretty low tech, but that's okay. Um, also, we're still doing the um, reaction videos on this channel on YouTube only, but this part of the show is on uh, Apple Podcast, we're on Google Podcast, and we're on Spotify, and all, all the major platforms right now, so that's kind of a new thing that's happened this week, but I've uploaded some of the old ones, except for the education episode, you can only get that on YouTube because it was too big to upload onto um, to the website that I was using, so I may figure that out and get that one up there for you soon, but for now, so let's just jump right in. So I, um, I've often had things that I've thought about, like aliens, and you know how do those fit into my worldview, and uh, and we'll, we'll kind of my my initial thought was always like I don't believe in aliens, um, and so <clears throat> I kind of have a have it written down a timeline, and I want to go through it a little bit and get some reactions. So. Um, hopefully this will be interesting. So I believe that the world was created by God, 1,000, uh, 6,000 to 8,000, somewhere in there, probably closer to 6,000 as I look at it. And I believe that, you know, if a God made the world and he loves the world and he wrote a book, so he gave us the Bible to communicate that to us. So that's just sort of foundation. Um, if you don't believe in the Bible, then you're not going to, um, possibly follow a lot of this so that's the first conspiracy theory if you're thinking about it that way i don't think it's much of conspiracy theory i think that's the least controversial thing in this whole entire thing um then i think that well if again if we're starting here humans live to approximately 900 years in the bible that's recorded in the bible and they all spoke the same language. We know that because the languages weren't confused until the Tower of Babel. So there was almost 2,000 years of human, humans, humanity on this earth speaking the same language, living hundreds of years, and all interacting with each, other, with each other. I believe that's when many of the things like the pyramids were built, many of the things like Ganoble uh, Temple, all these different Atlantis, all these different cultures and civilizations that we have found were built during this time. Men were, humanity was more sophisticated. They weren't cavemen living in, you know, scratching, um, you know, on rocks. But I don't think that there was a lot of need for written communication at the time as everyone spoke the same language. And uh, so I don't think that there was a ton of written information. Now, this is where the alien technology that things that we think of now as alien technology, I think a lot of this is where it started. I I will talk about this a minute when I get into um, <clears throat> the flood, but I, I think that ancient man somehow found a way to 
manipulate gravity a, <laughs> with some sort of device, tools, whatever, because you have these uh, objects that are flying around right now, and there's a couple accounts, and I can't remember the guy's name, um, but there he was. Uh, can anybody help me out if I if you remember that guy's name? Uh, Lazaro. That there it is. Lazaro talks about how uh, gravity, that the propulsion system was basically manipulating gravity and people's understanding of how gravity worked uh, at that time sort of changed after some of it. He basically recall predicted some of those things based on what he was looking at. So take that for what it's worth. I don't know about that guy. I don't know anything about that. And I don't particularly care. But my thought is if these are real and they certainly seem like they are, they've been um, caught in, uh, on camera from and many, many eyewitnesses about uh, crafts in, from the Navy, the Air Force, all sorts of sources like that. Pentagon has released things that there are objects out there that we can't exactly describe how they uh, work. So uh, my, my thinking is it's probably ancient technology that we don't understand that they didn't, um, <clears throat> that they use probably the same types of devices were what they used to build a lot of these huge structures. Well, then you had the flood. My, uh, my theory with the flood goes back to hydroplate theory. If you've ever heard of that, Google it. There's a guy, Brian Nickel, who does a fantastic, um, a fantastic uh, breakdown on YouTube, talks about hydroplate theory. And he talks about how before the flood, there wasn't, uh, you know, re radioactivity did not pierce the firmament above and the firmament below. So this protected a lot of humans. That's why they had large, longer lifespans. There's actually more atmospheric pressure. And this caused animals to grow a lot larger. Obviously, if you're living, if humans are living 900 years, animals are probably living a lot longer. So you get things like dinosaurs. You get things that are regular animals when they're smaller. But uh, I believe reptiles, I think it's reptiles, do not stop growing. They grow until they die. So if something is only living 40 years now or 100 years now, an animal, then if it's living 10 times that, it's going to grow 10 times that size. So, and when we look at deep sea creatures right now, they're growing, um, they can grow larger at the deeper um, sea depths. Well, if there's more atmospheric pressure, if the atrophy is happening over time, these creatures have to get lower and lower to grow bigger and bigger. So these creatures could have been a lot closer to the surface and you have explanations of sea creatures grabbing ships out of the water and swallowing them whole because they can come up to the surface a lot easier these days. So that uh, describes, in my mind, a reasonable explanation for a lot of dinosaurs or things that maybe we think are dinosaurs that are actually just large animals. And then also after the flood, I think we did hunt the remainder of the dinosaurs into extinction. Um, but I also want to address the radiometric dating, the carbon dating that we do, because we're measuring the radioactive decay and basically saying if this much has happened, then that means that this thing is this many years old as when it was created. Well, the problem with that is that before the flood, there was no radioactivity um, in the atmosphere because when the flood it, and the fountains of the deep exploded, and, and it's all in the hydroplate video. I, I would do a really bad job explaining this because I'm not a, um, not a, what's the term? A geologist. 
yeah, I don't know like that much about the science behind it, but you know, from everything I've heard, <laughs> it uh, explains why there is um, you know more the more like the radioactivity can come through the atmosphere and <clears throat> now when it couldn't before. So anyway, so then you have, um, yeah, so the flood, then you have people living a lot shorter. It's about 300 years. Then you have the Tower of Babel, language is confused. And then you have a much less sophisticated humanity in a different world. And, and I think that there's a possibility, and this is just sort of my own sort of like theorizing that some of these devices that they used and the knowledge that they used, probably, you know, Noah's family had some idea on that, but they may not have been directly aware of how to use that. So they know it's possible, but they don't exactly know how to use that technology. And so you have, but before man is able to sort of recreate these inventions, you have the confusion of the languages and the scattering all over the world. So you have people living, and there's actually a lot of evidence on this, a lot of videos. I mean, if you watch any, like talking about any of these ancient civilizations, a lot of them, they say, yeah, this seems there's a primitive, uh, more primitive uh, group of humans that settled onto the site after the more advanced humanity, you know? And it's like, well, I mean, that just fits in with everything you know, I was talking about, uh, there's a, a popular guy who talks about um, Unger Dryas. Is that how it said? Young Unger Dryas event? Some sort of cataclysmic event. Younger. That, yeah, Younger Dryas. Unger, Younger. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that uh, talks about a cataclysmic event that changes the whole world and resets humanity. And then humanity, you know, afterwards ends up settling on top of, you know, a less sophisticated humanity you know, settling on top of this, and he thinks that explains all of it, well, replace that with the flood, basically, this theory here. So, I mean, it's a little controversial, but there's a lot of evidence for it, and a lot of the evidence that I would point to is the same evidence that he's pointing to. I would just fit it into a more biblical framework. So, then you have, um, obviously, all these years up to today, and then when they're finding these things, governments are... <clears throat> are you know digging these unearthing these things and back in i don't know after darwin and basically the the spread of evolution you have people talk having people that can't understand how humans are basically saying that there's this like un underdeveloped humanity in the past and so there's no way that these objects that you know that work like you know that spaceships could be any i feel like the people that dug these up is what i'm trying to say dug up these objects would say oh wow this has to be from another world because humans aren't smart enough to do this in the past so they discount the possibility of it being from earth pre prehistory prehistoric man they think it's got to be some other world and uh you know and i'll just sort of throw out here my biggest problem with uh evolution you know, I have many, but the biggest problem I have with evolution, and I've argued this with so many people, is like no one can tell me why and when everything was created. Because you can't have, I mean, like you rewind the clock back, you know, billions and millions and trillions of years, and you're 
and you have nothing and then you have an explosion. There's nobody can give me a reasonable explanation for how or why that would happen. And I, so I, it takes more faith. Yeah. It takes more faith for me to believe that humanity just exploded. Then there was a God who was like, I'm going to make a universe and make rules in it and give them a book (laughs) and a purpose and a plan and set them up and, and do it this way. That takes a lot less faith for me to believe that than for me to, um, to believe that, that all of this just sort of happened. And then these things are, there's no, if things organize themselves over time and things get more complicated and humanity is, is advancing, well, I don't see that happening. I don't look around and I don't see anything getting more complicated as it goes along. I get to see things breaking down as it goes along. So I will say, it's, it's important to differentiate between macroevolution and microevolution. So when a creationist says that we don't believe in evolution, what we're not saying, first of all, is that evolution, yeah. a- adaptation, you know, is, um, is not right. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's a good point theory. to. Yeah. So. Explain. Evolutionary theory it basically says that there's original creation or not creation but original creature that came about. We don't know how it went from non-life to life, so they're taking it on faith. They really are that this is possible to go from non-life to life because it's never been observed. We've never seen anything that could get us close to a mechanism to have that happen because. Um, even a single cell is so complex in order to be able to function. It has to have a lot of things in place. It, you just can't make that. When, when Darwin proposed it, it was more, they, all that they could see was just like a, a, a cell with some stuff in it. He couldn't tell what it was. And so it's plausible that maybe that could have come from, from non-life, but now it's completely implausible. But at any rate, the idea is that you've got a, the tree of life. But creationists say, no, there is branching, but it's not from a single tree. It's more like a forest of life. You've got things, and then you've got branches, and some of them have died off. Sure, you do have extinct species, uh, different specimens, but they all come from the same kind. So you have a cat that had enough genetic information to be able to diversify into as many branches as you see of cat kind of all different sizes, but, uh, you know, it's supported by the idea or the clear evidence that uh, tigers and lions are able to mate and have offspring. So basically if there any creature that is able to mate with another creature is of the same kind. So horses, uh, donkeys, Donkeys. zebras, all of those could potentially mate. Uh, You could have a, because they're all part of horse kind. Dogs have many different breeds and wolves can interbreed with coyotes theoretically. I don't know that that would happen in nature, but the fact is that they're the same kind and they've speciated out of one kind. So that's, that's the difference difference there. So people look at Christians and say, Oh, you don't believe in evolution. We've got clear evidence of evolution. You're just denying facts. No, we believe in speciation. We believe that there is trees but it doesn't go back to one tree. It can't go back to one tree. It all dead ends in different places that you can't possibly link without doing some crazy mental gymnastics. That's we all believe that. There. 
things evolve, but I don't believe in evolution. You know what I mean? Right. I don't believe that all things evolve from one thing or one cell or whatever, or stardust or whatever, you know, it is. And I don't believe that there's a lot. Yeah, go ahead, Dad. Yeah, the, the thing is, there's adaptation. And that was the problem that um, Darwin got into. He saw the finches on Galapagos Islands and he said, oh, there it is, evolution, you know. When in fact it wasn't evolution, it was adaptation. And you had the changes in the size of the beaks depended upon uh, food supply, rain, you know, different factors that, so, um, you know, there could be a year or two years or five years <laughs> a span that you may have the beaks larger and then go back the other way. Um, if that process goes on too long and there isn't anything still in the gene pool it can't further adapt mm -hmm. in other words once something is is there's no longer a, a because all the small beaked say for instance small beaked species of uh, not species but adaptation of that particular uh, finch if if all the small um build ones die out because it's it's such a long period of time that the long beaks are needed then these long beaks that are you know intermarrying <laughs> inter <laughs> intermarrying yeah are, are procreating um you know just with long beaks then then that dna is is out it's, it's gone it's just no longer there for them to to adapt and if there's a need for short bills and all they have is long bills, then the whole group dies out um, because of that. So there's, there's adaptation, um, which is a good thing, but, um, you know, there's no new, there's no new um, DNA. There's no new material that, that, that is going to come out of that. A bird can't get new DNA, <laughs> new material, and evolve into a, you know, something else. It, yeah. it can, you know, pick some up from others of its kind and, you know, keep that material in there. But mm -hmm. once that material is gone out of that, you know, subset, um, you can't add new material, you know, in unless it's yeah. another of the same kind and has that material for their children to, you know, pick that up uh, kind of thing. So that's, that's where, you know, we, we call it evolution. It's, it's not, it's, it's adaptation. It's not evolution in the sense that it's evolving. It's just, it's got the material within itself to make certain adjustments, certain yeah. changes. But I'm okay if you call that evolving personally. I mean, yeah, I, I think adaptation is probably a better word for it, but I think things do evolve in that like there's a, a change from one thing to a next thing and, and adapting to its environment, you know, which is evolving, which adaptation is basically what you're describing. You know, I don't have any yeah. problem with that. I do think evolution in general is going to, uh, is doomed to failure because the more you look into in two things, the further you get to it, the more complicated you see that the world is, the more complicated that yeah, you see the is. Evolutionists that follow Darwin. I mean, they, you know, all this stuff has been 
Yeah, they start making up other things. Except for the theory itself, but all his <laughs> yeah. source stuff um, and things just has not 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 panned out. And I think, um, you know, we've seen historically the science fail. Uh, my generation uh, of peers had their tonsils taken out. I was one of the lucky ones that didn't have my tonsils taken out. But my two sisters got a two for one deal. They both had their tonsils taken out on the same day. It happened to be my birthday. <laughs> and so I remember it as a little kid <laughs> that I was at the house by myself when my sisters were in surgery <laughs> in the hospital, having their tonsils taken out because, you know, they had problems with their, their throats. And that was just what was done. I mean, hey, while you're in there taking them out, take them adenoids out. You don't need those either. That's all just, you know, <laughs> left over from evolution. Um, the same way with your appendix and things, you know, just, you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we laugh at those things now because we know we've learned better, but mm -hmm. it has only been a year or two ago that they were talking about junk DNA. Yeah. And there's still a lot of stuff that still is, you know, talk, you will still find stuff occasionally on junk DNA. Well, there's no junk DNA. I mean, yeah, the science of junk DNA has been debunked. So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, but uh, it's just a matter of time before all of this sort of like falls down and you can't be a serious person if you and you actually believe in all this stuff, you know? But I think that with the absence of a compelling alternative and the fact that people, and I say compelling, I think it's obviously compelling to me creation and, and you know, everything there, but when people turn their brain off to God, you know, and dismiss that as, you know, oh, you know, that's, that's hokey, can't do that, then you're left with nothing else except for these hollow, insane things, and then you look at the world around you, and you, you assume that there's aliens on some other planet that came to Earth, you know, like that, you know, and, and you think that, you know, and I think that this is, evolution is, is one of the reason things, one of the reasons why I think, um, you know, racism is so egregious and allows people to dehumanize people so much. I feel like the Nazis dehumanized other people on this. You know, when you look at uh, Marxism and how he was tying that into evolution and, mm -hmm. and when you read Marx and you see this sort of evolutionary thought and how the collective good and just the disregard for humanity as it was created. If you're not looking at humans and how they were created, you're looking at humans as they've evolved over time. And so of course the Aryan race is the superior race because we've, they've evolved into this, you know, whatever, of course I'm a part of the, you know, most advanced race. I'm the smartest person, you know, that's ever lived today. You know, like, uh, that it's well, easy clearly because to draw we have this these technological advantage. Yeah, it's easy to draw these these things and then these savages that live over there, you know, like what I think that that's the most one of the most you know, destructive parts of, you know, this is a political channel, you know, we talk about a, po a lot of politics. And so, you know, it, it makes my skin crawl. I remember uh, sitting in class and learning about Marx and thinking like, wow, like this is so like this is like an evolutionary mindset that allows you to get from this place to that place. And, you know, that's my biggest critique with the, the Democratic Party. I love a lot of Democrats. I know a lot of Democrats, wonder, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, this is when in, I was reading a lot of the comments that Jasmine and I got in our uh, video. 
And some people's comments are just brutal, <laughs> you know? And some people um, would say things like, you know, Democrats are like satanic, you know, the, the party of Satan and all this kind of stuff. And it, it occurred to me that I, that when you look at the world through a certain lens, it allows you to say something like that, you know, which I don't think is, is fair to say, but at the same time too, like, I also have a, have a sense that what, what they're thinking is it's godless insofar as you're denying, you know, the existence of God, which allows you to talk to people in a certain kind of way and treat people a certain kind of way. And it does allow you to get to that point. So I do think it's, it, it can have a destructive element to it, but mm -hmm. to lump all Democrats into this, you know, basket, I think is, is, yeah. is a horrible thing to do. And I think it's just as a horrible thing to do as if you were to, you know, I, I think what a lot of, you know, Democrats do to Republicans, they're all racist. They're all, you know, whatever, less than, you know, so yeah. I, I don't think, but I think going back, I think that all, there's a, like a string that ties all this together. And that's why this episode, you know, is like the theory of everything to me, because all of these strings tie together. It's the things, the myths that we tell ourselves. And, uh, I really want to have a, another episode. You know, we did one on the role of government, but I want to talk about like the, the, you know, American mythology, what we think of and believe about ourselves as Americans and how that, uh, how that relates. And so this, this episode had to come first before that one, because I think we even needed to boil it down to the listeners to this level, to like, the very beginning, rolling back the clock, you know, as I believe, to the beginning, rolling it forward, how some of these conspiracies and how do we explain some of the things around the world that don't seem to fit anywhere in the puzzle? You know, this gives a place to some of those things that is, to me, plausible. And I mean, now, aliens could be from another planet. I don't know. We could, <laughs> it could have, you know, people from other planets, little green men, you know. But I think that when you look at a lot of these like abductions and the stories about these abductions, something that you find in a lot of them is sort of a uh, almost a, like a demonic like experience where they're like taken and and like even some are like told like weird revelations about themselves or about um, you know whatever or like killing an animal, sort of culty, you know, kind of very like, kind of make your skin crawl. And so I think that some of these alien abductions are, are demonic interactions, if I'm being blunt about it. Um, and I think that, so I don't necessarily buy that sort of storyline. And I don't think that, so if we're talking about these spacecrafts and alien technology, I think that's a prehistoric technology. If we're talking about actual aliens, I don't believe in aliens per se. And if there is something that's flying these ships from another planet, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Christians <laughs> I don't think there's are, evidence for it. But. Christians are intolerably centrist. So whenever a Christian is a Democrat, they're usually willing to listen to um, their opponents. Whenever a Christian is a Republican, they're willing to listen to their opponents. Um, and, and truly actually try to understand. There may be differences of opinion in the end, but there's still that, um, that belief that the truth is uh, knowable and that we have the core of it together in the Bible. So um, 
while I think there are believers who uh, believe that aliens do exist uh, and some that believe, give them credit for things that I wouldn't necessarily like flying spaceships to earth and, you know, thousands of years ago and then having them buried or whatever. Um, I think there's room for, there's room for that. I don't find it a compelling argument, but I'm not going to throw it out. And what's crazy to me is that that is now becoming a mainline position. Um, even though Christians have held that kind of, um, um, conspiratorial attitude, like the government's covering stuff up, um, the government is, you know, run by the devil. We hold held that for a long time. What's funny is how many people on, on the godless side are actually joining in that same argument that the, the government is, is, uh, covering things up. We've got spaceships, uh, aliens are real. Um, they're abducting people. It's, it's really interesting what kind of a commonality there is between that. So, um, but I think, uh, as Christians, I can't give credit to demons for some of the stuff that people are claiming happened to them. Uh, I think there's uh, a power of suggestion that happens, uh, and there's a, that's a factor. But I think that there are prob probably demons doing things that are making people believe that they're, you know, so people like, oh, witches didn't, never existed, flying people never existed, you know, like riding around on brooms in the Middle Ages, that was just fantastical flights of fancy, not actual flights. Um, but I could totally see if there are spiritual beings that are able to interact with matter um, that you could justifiably call an alien, I can't see why they wouldn't be able to cause flight, you know? So I'm just like, I see no problem with the idea that, that witches flew, that they spoke and things happened because they had a demon that the, was serving them. Um, and so I, I, but I don't think that it is necessary to uh, believe that in order to be, you don't have to believe in full demons going crazy in the world to be a Christian. Um, you have to believe in this core of scripture, you know? So, okay. yeah. There's a uh, kind of couple things running through my mind right now. And, um, and the things that you talked about early on, that you talked about some of the things like the pyramids and maybe the Aztec pyramids and things like that being pre-flood. Um, I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't be, but it seems improbable to me because of a worldwide flood and the damage that it did that they would be as well intact as they are um, unless they somehow got, you know, there'd be some kind of water damage and, you know, underwater for a, a while um, before the water seeded. I, I think they would be more, uh, I think it would be in worse shape than they are. I, I, I'm of the opinion that the pyramids are post-flood. Um, and even in the short period of time since the flood to now, um, you know, a couple thousand years, whatever, that, that um, there's, there's a lot of things that have been lost as far as the ability to do things. Uh, we, we have a current history. You have Tesla doing these things. And now they're trying to go back and figure out now, how did he do it? How did he do it? We have that because we have some of the writing about it you know 
where if he had just talked about these things or done these things, and there was no way to go back and say these things, people would say, you know, well, he was an alien or whatever, you know, they would give it, you know, some kind of, you know, 500 years from now, have we not had some of that writing and be able to do some of the experiments and have some idea of what he did? Um, he would have been looked at as, or what he did as some kind of alien technology that somehow we got hold of, blah, 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 mm -hmm. whatever type thing. And I'm just saying that um, the ability uh, of people to do phenomenal things and those things being lost. I mean, in the year 2000, we had to go hunt down programmers that could do certain type of programming language because it was it was lost almost, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Indian languages, Indian things about, um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, Indians knew frontiersmen knew man we can't hardly live you know two days out in the woods <laughs> mm -hmm. without our you know thermos and our whatever we'd be dead you know even without lions and tigers and bears uh it's just all the microbes who take us out you know <laughs> not knowing what to eat you know we'd be eating poison berries out there so um i, I don't think there's a good case for some of the things that you mentioned being pre-flood um but it, i'm not saying it isn't it just doesn't seem to fit well with me but but nonetheless so that that was just one thing um when you talk about things that grow uh larger over time my understanding is your ears don't stop growing that when you get to be 100 years old you have do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> um, you may be old. Um, so, um, yeah. One thing, too, that I also think when it comes to, like, carbon dating or, you know, various things along that line, is that if God created things with age, which uh, seems to be what Genesis is saying, he created the stars on the fourth day, created Earth. Earth is actually older than the stars. Um, then he created those stars with age, in the sense that with you know, light we look and we see that they're further back from each other. But if we see them at all, they had to have been there with light coming towards us, stretched out in, in a matter of you know, that long. First time man looked at stars, Adam on the first night, you know, after he was created, saw stars that already had the appearance of age, the same way as he had the appearance of age. He, you know, he, he was created and five minutes after he was created, you know, somebody could look at him, you know, some scientists and go like, yeah, he's 30 years old or he's, you know, 20. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever age appearance he had, you know, at that, at been that time. Um, so that's part of the problem of, well, there's a couple things that, that, you know, when scientists say millions of years for stuff, first of all, if there's, if God created it, he created it with you, with age, the, the dirt, 
and, and the first earth, you know, pre-flood had, had dirt and, you know, plants that came up immediately, um, you know, all of those kinds of things that would have the appearance of age. And the second thing is just what damage was done at creation, um, I mean, at the flood, mm -hmm. that also causes there to be this appearance of age. And, you know, we know that, you know, it used to be said that oil took, you know, these millions of years. Well, you can make oil in your backyard, you know, in your garage uh, under pressure. I mean, you can actually make diamonds. You can make oil. I mean, these are things that can be made um, just by pressure. They don't take millions of years. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to have the right conditions. And the flood seems to have created those conditions of vast amounts of vegetation being covered, Pressurized. compressed and you know came about to, to make oil um, gas, those kinds of things cold. you also have these um uh eruptions earthquakes and things like that that a week after a um eruption you go out and you look you know around and it looks like you know, it, it has the appearance of, of being much older in that area than, you know, than it uh, would otherwise. It just throws the whole thing off yeah. um, along that line. I think, I think our problem with aliens is, I think the more we look at the science of evolution and see the difficulties, as I think Matthew alluded to, that the there are some things that can't evolve. They have to come as a unit in order for the function, because if, if there's any kind of evolution, it wouldn't make it to the next step. It can't make yeah. it to the next step without all the steps being, you know, at the same time. So there's, there's a number of things along that line that are, that are problematic and the whole time thing. So aliens is, is, a, is a good answer, sort of. You know, well, the aliens came here and planted, you know, this stuff in the DNA and da da da, and did all these things. You know, planted it here, and Where the aliens come from. <laughs> yeah, but then you got to go back to first cause. Where did the aliens come from? How we don't know because we haven't studied them. Because you know, and if we, if they're, you know, uh, it's just kicking the can down the road. Yeah, you're kicking right. Very, I think. I think so. Okay. I think the. Is Christians who who might believe in uh, aliens, I think there's a problematic issue, and that is where do they fit? I think that if there was going to be an alien encounter, I think again God would prepare us for that or told us because they are, you know, He's told us about angels and man, and man is a little lower than angels. Where do aliens fit in? You know, mm -hmm. they have the same amount of time, quote unquote, to evolve <laughs> or to get the technology right as we do because they were created on the fourth day. So maybe they're a little bit ahead of us by a day or two, <laughs> you know? We're, we're, you, know? Um, you know, so because it's when it stars, um, I think it's fourth day. I'm, I'm hesitating now thinking about, is it the fourth day? <laughs> Oh, things get rusty sometimes, but you know, where do they fit? Are they higher than the angels? Lower than the angels? Are they lower than us? Higher than us? You know, where do they, where do they fit in that? 
you know are they are they spiritual beings are they you know material like us um we obviously know that they they either have to be without sin or if they have sinned rebelled against god in some way there's no uh, redemption for them because of the way that we were redeemed through the blood of christ him becoming our kinsman redeemer those kinds of things so there's um there's a number of things that just become problematic as you look at scripture and you say okay if there are aliens you know and that's as if does that really fit well mm -hmm. and i think yeah. it's much easier to say um you know we we don't have to go in an evolutionary thought evolutionists say because life evolved here and all of those gazillions of stars out there then surely it's happened somewhere else because the conditions would be right right and you know they've well, they figured out how somehow to travel through space at these high rates of speed um and not be pulverized by the dust that's out there in space that would you know pull apart anything that we we would have to travel at that kind of speed so they there's all kinds of problems so with travel um just in the physics of it they would have to overcome those things um and um you know in god's plan of creation they would have to have done some pretty phenomenal things in the last six thousand years <laughs> mm -hmm. not that they couldn't if there were such beings but it it seems scripturally improbable and and probably more um you know there's, there's no reason to do it why couldn't god just create everything out there and there'd be just life here that seems the way that it's written and yeah i don't see any reason to theorize anything else because i don't believe in evolution you know fits to begin with so why would i try to evolve them <laughs> some some others you know some other yeah. thing out there um i have a sorry. i've just got two trajectories here for one um whenever you look at science fiction and we try to imagine aliens or we try to imagine other species for our our fantasy worlds like the elves and the dwarves and all that basically we're taking only what we know humanity and the core is is basically human all of these different species essentially act like some group of humans out there kind of do there's almost always like a based on sort of a, a prototype like these are like the spartans and these are like the the whoever and and the whatever like like these are more like germans oh we'll call them elves and they'll have some other quirks to make them not look quite like germans you know <laughs> you know or whatever there's always this this base our knowledge uh of of our basic ability to understand aliens um, is always based on humanity because we all it's all we know so when we think oh there's aliens out there they're going to be like us if there were aliens the they wouldn't be like us they wouldn't be anything like the aliens that we we see in any of the movies there's no movie that would accurately represent an alien thought pattern so um people are really attached to the idea of aliens but they're really attached to having more people like them is my first point um more people who are somewhat like them it, it's all over star trek and battle star galactic and all of those have you know aliens that are basically humans only with different quirks um uh, so there um there's that i wish i could remember the other one but 
somebody else talk while I figure it out. Okay, I'll I'll address these things going backwards that Dad said uh, in address uh, in response to what I was saying. So, aliens. The only thing, uh, and and like I said, I I think the most probable thing is they're prehistoric, whatever. But if if they are actually aliens out there, uh, the only way I can fit that into my worldview is that some of these things talked about in Revelation the scorpion that shoots the fire and all the bizarre things is that if there is if there is something out there they're not human like they're not an intelligent in evolved you know because i don't believe in evolution i don't believe that they're advanced beyond us i believe that they are something like 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 we have animals right now that can ride around on, what's an animal that rides around on another animal i mean like none of them really do but you can put monkeys can ride. <laughs> yeah monkeys can ride on the backs of horses whatever it's not necessarily natural whatever but but if there was some sort of like elephants monkeys and elephants would be great that is if there are i would think that there would be like animals that just have the ability to go through space and somehow they they like like if there's uh, what am I trying to say? If there's like locusts that like have these exoshells, whatever, and they can do all these things, they're like space locusts that they're just flying around out there and they happen to land on earth and they terrorize us in the last days, you know? Oh, and that, that, that would be the only way I could see that there's some sort of alien other life form out there and how that interacts with humanity. But I don't think that this is some sort of, but I still think that in that sense, they fit into God's plan, you know, God's plan yeah. for pu the punishment of earth at the end times. It's the only way that it makes sense for me that, and that kind of, to me, makes a little bit of sense with Revelation. A lot of these things that I don't really understand how it works, and they're describing creatures with four heads, whatever. Well, I don't know if that's what it takes to get through space, but, but you know, I, I don't necessarily, I think that they're come equipped or would become equipped to handle the space travel and then do here and carry out the purpose of which they were created for and then but i don't necessarily think that they're flying on ships they're flying or or if they are i i, I mean i don't know i i can't yeah. can't really wrap my head around that unless you know like an ant builds an ant hill and then they all get in it these creatures on some other world with some ability to do whatever are building this ship but it's more animalistic and it is to get on that ship and they happen, you know, launch themselves through space because they have the ability to somehow alter gravity around it. I don't know. I, I mean, this uh, like mm -hmm. this is gets really, really wild right now. But that's the only way I can make this make sense because, like you said, I, I can't fit it in there. And then I want to address the whole, you know, that's why I started with I can't get down with evolution because it's just a fairy wand of time. So if you use aliens to explain humanity and how or not even humanity, but uh, to explain evolution as, you know, because plants have to have oxygen. So oxygen came before plants. And then, you know, like you, these things have to coexist together in order to mm -hmm. make things happen. So one can't form without the other. And then, but you're talking about millions of things happening at the same time. And, and like you said, you almost have to like put aliens, some other hand in there. Because if you don't want to use God, you know, like you've got to put something <laughs> yeah. else in there. 
but then you have to explain aliens and then you're just sort of rewinding the clock back. Okay, Earth has been here for 6 billion years and it was helped out with alien technology, but those aliens have been here for trillions and trillions of years. It's just, you're using what I call the fairy wand magic of time. Just yeah. time is just your fairy wand and it just, it makes all this work. And I don't buy that. I don't have enough faith. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a yeah. lack of faith. <laughs> just a person well, with a lack of faith. And then I'll, the other I'll, I'll let you talk and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. So the other problem is, is that if you put a, a long span of time, um, it messes up our, your trajectory. So for instance, with humanity, let's say, uh, supposedly Homo sapiens have been around 100,000 years and the only in the very, very minuscule, tiny, tiny fraction of it, the last, you know, say 10,000 years, have they been able to do anything worth saying? So you have this trajectory of evolution where like nothing is basically happening. They're homo sapiens already, but they're able to scratch on rocks and make rudimentary tools and that's it. And then all of a sudden, woo, like they take off in the sky. It doesn't make any sense. You create more problems by doing, by believing that than you solve by believing that humanity has had this long to, to evolve. And then you get these weird things like um, uh, civilizations such as Atlantis, which were apparently advanced to the Greeks. Uh, and they seem to have you know, multiple accounts and there's multiple accounts of those advanced civilizations existing and then being wiped out by a flood. And, you're, and it just, it, you have to have like psych cyclical humanity to try to make that work. And then you still have material main, remains difficulty. So you end up with problems no matter what you do. Um, anytime that you add that much time. So you, you have to, to fix it some way. And I, the best solution is to say that humanity has only been around for 6,000 years. That's about the only way I can, I can think of to do it. Um, the other thing I was going to say uh, about aliens, though, because I remember what it was, was that Christian, all Christians believe in two types of aliens. Um, you believe in God and angels. Our God is a God who is immaterial, um, but can take material form. Um, he is alien to us. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So we believe that there is a alien who is responsible for everything B, the entirety of the material universe, and that he created for some reason, which he has chosen not to do, to explain to us. Um, and I would say probably has forbidden the, those angels from doing. He's created spiritual beings that also have the ability to take on a human form um, and to interact with humans in a way. And those are angels and demons, which are the same thing, but a different um, uh, allegiance. So angels being, um, you know, the, the ones who serve God and then the demons being the ones who have served and served the, the betrayer, uh, Satan, the enemy of, of God, the person who set himself up against God. And I call him a person because he's an alien, but he's a person. So these, these are intelligences, these are minds. Um, and that have uh, spiritual form and can take on bodily form. And then we are both spirit and body as humans, uh, which differentiates us from the animals. Uh, and if you don't believe that, then you have some explaining to do as well. So anyways, enough of that. Yeah, I, uh, I think um, the, the other thing that I wanted to say, and, and dad, I think you have some strong points and I think there are some strong points for the, uh, the pyramids and all these like structures being made after the flood. But I think the reason why I personally feel like they were pre-flood is because 
you know, it's like you were saying when, when they test, you know, a, a piece of wood is like stuck down in the dirt and they radiometric, you know, carbon date or whatever this in, and they're, you know, measuring that radioactive decay on this side of the stick. And then they measure this side and it comes out 20 million years of difference, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, well, I mean, you know, this side says it's 200 million. This side says it's 180 million. So it's 190 million years old, you know, like that we can definitely confidently say this, you know, definitely confidence. And it's like, you know, it, you can't confidently say that, <laughs> like in my mind, yeah. like that, that, that's not science. Like that, that is, that's, that's just as ridiculous as the very one of time. But, uh, but when it comes to the age of the pyramids and, and, and what you're talking about, I think that the point, the purpose of the flood was to wipe out humanity and obviously it covered the entire face of the earth. And what's to say that there weren't a, a other structures on top of the pyramids, wooden structures or other things that were completely wiped away and, you know, pulverized and crushed that took some of the blunt of these things that there's like a, a huge, if you look at the, what's the cat structure, the Sphinx? Yeah, Sphinx. Sphinx, yeah. And I mean, it is water damage, totally damaged, like by water. And there are, there's water damage on the, the pyramids. And to me thinking that there might be something that was over that, that was just completely wiped away. And all you're left with was the base. You know, what if there was a structure on top of the pyramids that actually connected the pyramids? And that was just the cornerstone on this end and the cornerstone on this end. And that was something, you know, wooden or some bridge. other kind of thing across. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. bridge. And, you know, you're talking about the entire Sahara Desert at one time. Well, not the entire, but most, a lot of the Sahara was underwater at some point. And this was pushed up. So it's possible that in that place that it wasn't as... I mean, it was covered and washed out and humans were wiped away, but it wasn't pulverized in the way some other parts of the earth potentially were, <laughs> you know, just mm -hmm. like pulverized by water rushing over and over. I mean, you look at the bottom of a, a, of a lake bed, there's some places where the water rushes over and, and it's more destructive in that area than it would be if you're close to the shore, you know, where there's less water running over and then that mm -hmm. goes away first. So I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not something I've, I've studied. I just, um, it just kind of off the top of my head. I'm thinking about um, the fact that there are people, uh, there, there seems to be closer, closer to other events uh, that you have this guy named Tut and some information. It seems that there's enough concurrent or um things linearly more of a written history that you can follow back to that point and kind of get more of a fixed date mm -hmm. because of the bodies inside the tomb or something like that and the time frame uh those kinds of things so but yeah. again but there's a lot no, of i don't I, saying... I don't i don't know I'm, I'm not fixed on it it just doesn't seem you know, just gut just doesn't seem right. It yeah, just I've, fits I've actually, better with me. I think that there's a lot of people that say that the tomb, the pyramids were not actually tombs, that there were no bodies found in them. And so we don't, they, they just back in the 19, you know, whatever, it, it's just like in the 1900s, people just like drew maps and, you know, whatever. Okay. Dividing up all these colonies and then with no regard for what's inside. I mean, like the British just went 
around the world, around the globe, and screwed up a bunch of stuff. And you know, they claim and, on everything, right? Plant yeah, the flag. And, yeah, and then divided these countries and said, "All right, you're on your own." And then these two tribes are like, "But we're in the same country, ruled by this government over here, but we're completely different people, and we should have our own sovereignty." I mean, like the lines don't even make sense. But but the point is, is like people just sort of projected onto it, like, "Oh, it's a tomb." You know, all these things are tombs. And okay, well, where's the evidence that this is a tomb? Did they find bodies in it? No, we just call this the room where, you know, whatever. Like they had mummies. I mean, it's probably a tomb, right? So there's, I mean, and some of it might've been a tombs and it might've been used in that. But I, I, I saw a guy who made a pretty compelling case that the, they had nothing to do with tombs and it was just some British people that just assumed because when yeah. you're looking at something, you're trying to make an argument. Uh, again, you you may you know look more into it than I do. I'm just shooting from the hip saying, just i don't know I, no but I, those I, things I, i'd have I to be convinced <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i'm not saying i'm, not I'm right or anything i just you know whatever i think matt had something oh go say. ahead yeah so i actually just looked it up the distance between tut's tomb and generally where the kings were buried and um luxor uh in luxor is um a long way from gaza i trying to find a scale here it looks like about a hundred miles, <laughs> just just looking at it on a map. So um, I could probably find a more more compelling thing. But at any rate, the kings were typically buried in tombs and temples and things like that. They were uh, a lot in Luxor. Uh, that's where Tut was. Uh, you don't find a lot of tombs around the Great Pyramids, except for um, uh, ones that have been like highly rated. Um, but it it really wasn't. There's not a compelling, there's not compelling evidence that they were used for tombs. Also, um, I've actually studied a bit of Egyptology um, when I was trying to do some research to figure out uh, about the Exodus. And I, I found out that um, Egyptologists, I've, I've always been fascinated by it, but they always present it on the TV programs as if this is all set science. Yeah. But when you really get into it, there are four accepted timelines. Four accepted timelines that are hundreds of years apart um, for just like the relatively recent events if you were to go back to closer to the flood it's all mixed up nobody nobody knows what's accurate and what's not it's very suspicious um, mm. it's very suspect kind of like the king's lists in babylonia you go back to the earliest 10 kings and it says they reign for twenty nine thousand years or something you're like <laughs> what <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah, it's like that. That doesn't seem very likely. Oh yeah, great contribution there. I, I yeah. I, so <laughs> I think what you're saying um, it points to more of the concept to me that like it's so the dogma around Egyptologists and the dogma about uh, you know evolution and the dogma that we've been we've just introduced into uh, looking at this ancient civilizations and looking at all these things and even aliens now it's it's so unhelpful and it gives you so many like if you start in this place you go to this next place that's a logical pro progression but you shouldn't have started with this base assumption you know that's that's the problem that i, I get a that i get into um, a lot and something dad said a long time ago that i have scratched down on this paper is uh how, how civilization sort of reset and then people go back and they go like and tesla you know the example with tesla like what what was he doing <laughs> like we 
and uh, there's a volcano in eight six thirty eight or six forty two something like that, and there's several recordings in all over the world that like for two years basically there was only four hours of sunlight because there was so much ash in the cloud and they just people just decided that the sun was just going to shine for four hours a day now like we just get this extended night there was famines there was probably mass uh you know deaths and you know and things happened in this year and that's something like i really don't know that i've ever heard of that you know and it's like why am i just now finding out about this two years where you know, you hear about the black plague, you hear about all these different mm-hmm. things and, and, but you don't hear about that, you know, and it's because two we're years still, the world yeah, we're still learning about these things. I, I watch a lot of documentaries about what is it? 11 something, you know, the, when the end of the bronze age and the beginning of mm-hmm. the iron age and how we don't really know what happened, but basically there's just this like famines and people moving all the world and the sea people came in and <laughs> messed everybody up and the Egyptian empire fell, you know, and then you had, um, yeah. And, and there's so many like mysteries around it, but I feel like there's a lot of mysteries around it because for the first time, a lot of people just said, you know, we're, we're going to not say what happened. We're going to look at a bunch of different things. And I feel like it's one of the times in history where you can point to where people were actually kind of like, okay, there's this theory and there's that theory and there's this that happened in that time period and this that happened in that time period. And it, and I love that. I like that we can look at things through that lens of like, there's plenty of alternate sort of theories out here. There's plenty of things that could happen. We know something did happen. Nobody's arguing that something didn't mm-hmm. happen, but we're looking at it with the with the honest, open interpretation of what happened i think we need to go back and do that with egypt i think we need to specifically because like you said there's four different accepted timelines okay nobody knows that they get on these shows and talking as if like this is what all the scientists say you know it's it's turned into sort of the mask mandate you know this is the science you know and so so yeah i don't think that's very helpful but i just thought that was interesting because if we're just now not just now, I mean, but I'm just now, but, you know, just recently in the last, I think this guy back in the eighties, when he started looking into a lot of these things with the 1630, uh, Reese volcano that happened and theorizing about that and gathering data. I mean, it took years to gather the data and they were looking at tree rings and noticing it, that if you cut down these trees and you look back, you know, and, and it's funny because he said there's, there's 7,500 years worth of data in tree rings that's all they have. And I'm like, it's all they have. And the world is millions of years old. And that's all they have is 7,000 years. You know, uh, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> like we're saying the world is 6,000, but like, I'm willing to accept that, that there might be a thousand, you know, like a lot of even Christians, like, you know, will say, well, maybe there's 8,000, six to eight. You know, I think that's the, that's the generally accepted range. Now I tend to be a little bit on the personally a little bit more conservative but for the purpose of this conversation i mean not conservative a little bit more on like it could go up to eight thousand. that doesn't really affect anything in my broader like arc here that i've given from creation Uh to babel uh babel to you know jesus to today you know it doesn't really change Mm -hmm. a whole lot in there for me um but 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 i don't know if they were massive trees those massive trees didn't just have one ring if the world was created with massive trees 
they had a thousand rings to begin with. So that really still falls within the six the six thousand year history. So yeah, that's interesting, and and that's something that you know. The only thing that I'm very comfortable with how to explain the the radio the carbon dating because I've looked into that a lot and the hydroplate theory which I really recommend anybody watch this go look up Brian Nichols the hydroplate theory and look into that because it is it is spectacularly well done in my opinion and <clears throat> then if you but I don't know about the ice you know when they take the ice shelves out but I think that you know if you're if you're talking about how we can get into climate change for a minute, you know, and, and Matt mentioned this earlier is you had this, you know, humans went along for millions, of, you know, million or a hundred thousand years with just like, they're all just scratching rocks, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, it just takes off, you know, just this evolutionary, just like complete advancement thing, you know, and, and then, you know, if you're looking at, at, at climate change and, you know, and you look at carbon dates, you look at, you know, the environment was all fairly stable, whatever. And then just these last, you know, several years is just all this, you know, the invention of whatever. And just boom, you see this huge spike again, you know, and you're like, well, it's humans made, you know, but I think that if you, and I think that's why a lot of, you know, people on the, the right that are more, you know, that evolution you know believe in the evolution you know as a theory they would look at that and go well it's debunked for you know x y and z reason and it's not you know whatever but i think as a christian coming from the perspective of okay you've had this much climate variation in six thousand years and you do have a spike then that that is a problem that is something that we we can we can look at and going like we're supposed to be stewards of this planet you know, we're supposed to, you know, have dominion of the, of the earth. We need to be responsible. And so taking a look at some of the climate um, concerns, I think mm -hmm. is really in Christian's best interest. I'm not saying we should just get on the side of all these climate, you know, change activists per se, mm -hmm. but I think that it's worth investigating some of the if, if the temperature is increasing at the rate they are and humans are contributing, what can humanity do to, to help stabilize that? You know, we've only got one planet, you know, God said to take care of it. We should be taking care of it. That's, that's my opinion. So I think Christians should be more open to the idea of some of the things in climate change than than we have been. I think that a lot of Republicans just don't think about it in this in this context. I think that they just listen to people that just sort of like, oh, it's all hoax, you know, and just let it go. Or they don't, you know, aren't particularly interested, you know. But I think that we should be, you know, at least a certain group of Christianity should be concerned with these things and should be looking into these things and not just yeah. jumping onto a political party's coattails and and following it. I don't right. think that does well for us, you know, in the community, the Christian community. So well, yeah, I didn't really expect at, to talk about climate change, but. From a biblical standpoint, when you look at it, um, in this story of Genesis before the flood, it says that all humanity was only evil always. That's all that they thought about. And it says that even the animals had corrupted their way. That is the best translation of the Hebrew pretty much always comes out to that. Even the animals had corrupted their way. Um, so when God destroyed the earth, it was because the animals were off. Something was wrong. Um, and then God saved a core of animals. 
And I think ever since the flood, even those core of animals that God saved have been continuing to corrupt their way. There's um, something that is happening, an overflow of the sin nature in humanity and its outworking in, in the world into the animal world. Um, and that's why you have so much <laughs> nature being red in tooth and claw as um, as Darwin observed, you know, nature was not meant to destroy itself the way that it does. And because it does that, um, it's actually causing the, the, the world to destabilize uh, as far as the climate. Because as we know, the plants uh, affect the uh, breathable oxygen and the uh, plants are affected by the insects and the, um, you know, the herbivores that, that eat them. So all of these, all of these attributes, I think, of sin uh, could be without much reach attributed to the world around us. In other words, sin is corrupting the world around us. That's why we have um, the many different things that we have is because uh, one, God has to judge individual nation, national sins. So a nation sins and God allows something terrible to happen to them, like a, a a tornado or an earthquake or other things that are have been typically attributed to God, to acts of God, you know, that's what insurance, you know, puts it like, we, we don't cover acts of God, <laughs> because it's been typically um, understood that God, God is the judge of the earth, um, that he has to curb sin, uh, he has to remind us who's boss. Um, but over the span of time, you see uh, nature becoming more and more hostile to mankind as mankind stretches more to take command of it, <laughs> you know, and the more that we've actually taken command of the earth and mined its minerals and stripped, strip mined the, uh, the granite and all of the um, coal underneath it, and we find that the earth is kind of kicking back at us. The nature is biting us in a way. Um, and it's, we find nature destabilized and the climate changing. And I don't think any of that's a coincidence. And I think that there's a good chance that many of the events in Revelation are at least tangentially related to climate change from a biblical standpoint. I don't, I don't see how you can see it any other way. So personally. Yeah, yeah I would agree. We, we were given dominion over the earth um we are responsible as stewards to for the earth and um government's purpose is to punish evildoers and so when you have um businesses that pollute and uh, destroy and you know whatever uh that becomes that that becomes everybody's problem and so government is there for those purposes. Uh, remember growing up in the um, living in Cleveland, there's a river that comes out of the out of Lake Erie called Cuyahoga. Indian name, good Indian name. Don't ask me how to spell it. I, I think I did finally learn how to spell it at the end of 12th grade. <laughs> <laughs> Cuyahoga River. I probably learned it before then, but still it's um, you know one of those things. But the Cuyahoga caught fire. Uh, and the Lake Erie was not suitable to swim in. And uh, that has, you know, changed. The Cuyahoga 
best I know, I haven't been back there in years, uh, is more, <laughs> more like water should be. The same way with like here. It's, it's more like water should be. And people actually yeah. go to the beach. Yeah. I don't know what risk they go to the beach, but they go to the beach. So, um, but it's, it's been cleaned. And so that, those kinds of things need to happen. And I think that's, again, part of government's responsibility is to make sure that we protect the environment. The problem was, comes when we um, have some of these schemes where you're buying carbon, what is Credit. it? Carbon, carbon credits credit. and things like mm. that, you know, um, and you know what? To what extent is the, you know, and there's a lot of lying going on, a lot of falsification of data, and that's that's what makes it hard. No. Because when you Here's have when you have people that are so pro environment that they're willing to lie and falsify data and those kinds of things, then that makes it difficult for those who are willing to go a certain distance. Always in the argument. You know, or like, you know, changing the measurements and things and saying, oh, you know, this is where it was before, but now we're here. But then don't tell you, oh, we changed how we do this measure. Yeah. And, and actually we would be here, but now we're measuring this, but we're not telling you that. So it looks like this, you know, stuff like that going on. So, um, you know, that's that's part of our our, our responsibility. And I, I, and I agree with you. I mean, I'm one of those. I recycle, uh, you know, as best I can. I make that extra effort to to do that, um, just because I, I feel it's a, you know it's the right thing to do. It's being a good steward. I I'm thankful that there is um there are recycled you know it's it's become a thing mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that we do recycle we should have done it a long time ago well we did during world war ii <laughs> you know things were recycled but we should have kept it uh yes. you know we got way too prosperous and way too uncaring in in that regard not sure where that goes with aliens <laughs> so no no i like changed, it because changed. you got me up on my soapbox right you know like uh, the whole thing of like uh democrats take things too far and republicans don't care you know it's like and they the republicans should care and democrats shouldn't take things so far you know and i think that's a good example in a nutshell yeah i don't know how that exactly ties in there but um you guys want to talk about giants for a second <laughs> i want to talk about democratic aliens real quick but all right no no we're not gonna do that <laughs> um, you know this is one that's complicated for me and i just throw it in here as a lot as we're wrapping up and so you know you guys can throw your final thoughts as you're reacting to this uh because this episode's kind of being a little bit longer but and that's okay um but the uh the nephilim and when it talks about the um what is it the sons of men the sons of god saw that the daughters of men were attractive and, and intermarried with them yeah and yeah exactly. children were men of renown yeah that, that, that has always thrown me into like a just a loop like wait what like what does this mean and I've, I've watched too many documentaries 
that make no sense. You know, I watched, you know, it's, it's like reading revelation, you know, it's like, I just have to accept that there's some of this that I'm not going to understand, you know? And, and I think that's, I might leave it at that, you know, with this, but uh, I was wondering if you guys had any like takes and how that possibly fits into any of this, if it does at all. Um, I, I really, I don't have, I don't have a solid answer for this one outside of, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, early out, on. Yeah, go ahead. So early on in history, you see God taking a very direct and heavy-handed approach to a lot of things. Sin spread in the world, and sin has spread since then. We've got the Holocaust, we've got the Paul Potts murderings, and you don't see God coming down and smacking down those those individuals. But he did smack down the people before the flood. He smacked down Babylon. And the easiest way to think about it is that early on, anything early on in a timeline that you, um, that you change uh, has humongous effects. So in order to make a, a large in order to make a large correction to keep something from becoming prevalent, I think God took drastic action at the beginning. Um, and actually, the Nephilim is one of the reasons that um, that g- is a given for the flood itself is that God wanted to wipe out the Nephilim. But basically, I think it's God taking a hardline stance of saying, I'm not going to allow the aliens, the the demons to mess with the human genetics. I'm, I'm going to stop that. Um, don't know how they did it, but the best reading of the, the scriptures is that the sons of God almost always refers to the angels, and they were demons, uh, those who followed Satan, that then intermarried somehow with human women. Don't know how that was achieved, um, and I don't think God wanted us to know that, um, but he did prohibit that. He punished it severely, along with the corruption of of uh, the animal kingdom and the corruption that that had happened from there, but it's it's actually um, it's actually several flood stories actually talk about um, the the half humans that that intermarried with the gods, well, so to speak, uh, in several different things. So it's not not confined only to the scriptures. This is actually um, multiple different um, cultures' memory of the events that caused the flood attribute it to the the nephilim the the half humans so uh i don't think it's a far stretch to say that that is the best interpretation of it that i can give it's not one that i particularly like but it's what i believe (laughs) so i think that's interesting because that that you know to me the you know alien technology alien quote unquote technology solves a lot of the problems for me on how a lot of things were built um and then but to do that i have to place the pyramids and things before you know the flood to do that um but i and i think your explanation was surviving technology that then eventually was lost after the flood but it could be a pre-flood technology that survived the flood yeah and you're right. And that, and that's not a far stretch to just, you know, uh, you know, moving the timeline up a little bit, but I don't necessarily personally don't think you have to too much. I think that, that there's a lot of evidence, you know, that these things were before the flood, but, you know, even if they're not, like you said, it doesn't necessarily change that. And, and, I, but, and I think it fits together decently in the puzzle. Um, 
that's interesting you said that. I think that in every every documentary that I watch, whether it's uh, you know Christians you know talking and trying to explain it, a lot of them don't want to say what you just said. You know, yeah. I think that's an uncomfortable thing to say out loud and put yourself out it there. It really is. <laughs> and so, but I'll, that's the point of this podcast is to say things and, and be. Well, I, I think the difficulty and the difficulty I have, you know, with, with that interpretation is mm-hmm. um, as something changed about angels uh, or was it just demon angels, fallen angels? That would make that possible because we have a statement by jesus you know that in the you know in heaven we will be like the angels neither given in marriage or taken in marriage uh, you know type thing. Yeah. so it seems to be that um angelic beings are sexless mm-hmm. um but so, they also or or if they have gender <laughs> it's not for procreation or marriage or, or whatever and maybe they do have gender as far as you know that goes um or maybe, maybe them it, you know type thing but I, so there's I there's some difficulties do. understanding how do you take what jesus says is it is it a statement you know that's true of all angels or just true at that time or whatever so and right. And then you have this issue of if they're children and they're only half human and half fallen angels who have special abilities. There's there's something just I just can't mm-hmm. I just can't wrap my head around that one yeah. possibility. Well, um, even though the text seems to say that you know type type thing um and the term that term you know sons of god does tend to be that way but there's other places where sons of god doesn't necessarily mean that so i tend to think that you know it has to do with the descendants of seth and descendants of um cain Mm -hmm. uh even though it's it's problematic uh, and you know men of renowned or doesn't necessarily mean you know um i was gonna say necessarily mean evil or good but just mm-hmm. have a reputation <laughs> but you know we do know that there are giants even after the flood because you have um goliath david and goliath goliath's brothers you have mm-hmm. this king that's like 13 foot long possibly you know a 13 foot tall you know talk about his bed being you know excellent yeah. you know feet and unless he was just trying to impress I think it was og king of bashan yeah huh i believe it was og king of bashan yeah so is he just trying to impress people or you know he just needed more room for his concubines or what you know i don't know maybe you know i, I you know it's it seems to indicate his his height though yeah um yeah. So, uh, you know, there there are that. Of course, we know Zulus and things in our current day, you know, are very tall, seven foot, uh, tall type tall. Mm-hmm. And we even have basketball players <laughs> that, that reach those heights. Uh, so it, uh, 
yeah, how did we get off into that point about being aliens and all? I'm oh, not sure where um, we went, how we got so, there. I'm just saying, I think there's other interpretations. I think they all have difficulties yeah. with them because of what the text seems to be saying. But there are also within that text other possibilities of, you know, interpretation there. Nothing's really, you know, like, wow, you're way off, you know. It's, it's just, again, like the pre-flood thing that I said before. That one's just one. Um, it just doesn't seem to be likely. There seems to be some real problems with going mm -hmm. down that path. Um, some of them, though, are not as real as, as... So with angels, we know that multiple can inhabit one body, right? As in one person. There was the man who was inhabited by multiple demons. I believe Mary had seven demons. That were cast out of her so we know that they can do that but they also appear in physical form and interact with people um multiple times in scripture so if they are physical then they would i assume have dna um so i think that there is a form that they can take that is where where do you have i mean other than jesus and the angels that god gave um the appearance of having bodies pre-Christ pre incarnate. Jesus is different, different because he's incarnated. Um, yeah. Where else do you have, unless maybe you're talking about the Antichrist or something? Well, when yeah. the uh, angel came to Joshua and told him, um, what did he tell him? Like, uh, okay. Yeah, it seems yeah, to be like a physical a person. Temporary body? Is that could that body? Is it just yeah. a body to see, or is it a body that could you know slap yeah. him so across the is, face, or grab his yeah. wife and you know seduce <laughs> or something? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it would be natural for demons to be able to interact sexually with humans. But I think that the best interpretation of that is that they did in some way, um, and I think the best rationale for that is not that they um, needed to procreate the rationale for that is that they wanted the demons wanted to corrupt human seed to corrupt the human line to inject something into something foreign into this to the humanity to sub to try to get around god's plan of using humans uh, the to be the line of jesus <laughs> Yeah, that was exactly it, um, and that's that that part of it is the best explanation of of the passage as far as I've been able to see it from just looking at just looking at the wording and the implications and following the line of logic um, in those throughout Genesis. It looks like it was a a determined effort on the part of the demons to thwart the seed of Christ or the Christ being the seed of Adam. Um, you just inject a foreign element in there, make them the mightiest people around, and then through competition, they went out. God's thwarted. So there's so many points where you see the devil trying to thwart uh, God's plan, whether killing all of the firstborn of the Hebrews to killing the, um, the, the male children of Bethlehem to this, to mm -hmm. the, trying to corrupt early on, trying to corrupt it. And I think we see really with the flood, God saying, no, I'm going to stop that every time. And then if there was more tampering that caused the, the, um, the, they weren't called the Nephilim. They were the, the what was uh, Goliath's Works. people? No. 
Huh? The Borgs. Philistines. Yeah, the Borgs. Yeah, well, I was thinking. Did you say of the Philistines? Maybe. Well, Anakim. 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 It was the people of Anak. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think this has been really interesting. It's gone places I didn't necessarily expect. Um, went all the way around. We talked about climate change, uh, giants, aliens. We talked about uh, evolution. We talked about Marxism. <laughs> talked Barely about- talked about dragons. I don't know what's wrong with us. Oh yeah, we didn't really talk about dragons. So, I, do you have anything on dragons? Just that they appear in literally every culture around the world. Talks about gigantic lizards, and what is a a dinosaur other than a dragon? So while people are like, "Oh, dragons are fantasy, dinosaurs are fact," they're the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think even to the fact that that they could have been able to spit fire because there is some kind of still existing type of creature that can actually spit fire um so even the fire breathing that dragon is a possibility and could be a a historical um creature um Mm -hmm. even to the 1100s or whatever the last uh who was it i want to say bell and the dragon but that's not it (laughs) uh saint george King George and the Dragon, yeah. Yeah, St. George and the Dragon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that, but it's interesting because, you know, it it goes back to that whole thing of like animals could grow larger, but I think that as we go through time, they're not able to grow as large because the basically atrophy is the way I I think about it. You know, the, the atmosphere is breaking down more and more as we go. And the conditions for people other than humans, which have been able to supplement through scientific advancements, uh, other creatures' lifespans are getting shorter and shorter. And so, so yeah, so like that's kind of my take on that. And it's, it's funny, you know, dragons are, um, yeah, a lot of things that people like, like you said, like it's, it's all through history they're called dragons and then all of a sudden we stop calling them dragons we start calling them dinosaurs it's like you know oh like okay these are this you know similar same you know reptile creatures you know that do that and i think it's you know if they were just bigger or you know yeah what it's makes the, the narrative as they say right yeah because yeah. To- they're they're current yeah. in history and um you know they they're were a lot of the different timeline because where they were found in the so-called evolution um, settlement of the of the uh, sedimentary layers, the, yeah, sedimentary layers there. So yeah, so I they got evolu- relegated to a different place. Yeah, evolution really poisoned uh, the the dialogue and how we think about history. And I think it's 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 putting as we advance technologically speaking are actually we're getting dumber (laughs) in the area of you know how we look at things because we're looking at it from a a lens where like historically largely creation throughout history even if it was a secular version of create of creation as in like um you know the gods created the earth and you know they whatever like yeah whatever mythology 
there was still a sort of creation. There was a, a flood. There was, you know, all of like human history all agreed until Darwin came up with this evolution and, and all the, the smart people, smart people had just got, you know, we don't even know what a woman is now. <laughs> and now, yeah, yeah, we don't know what a woman is. We're not, you know, we're fine. A woman. We need to, um, we need to have a like end of civilization conversation, how, you know, predict the end of the world, because I think that'd be a fun one, just like this one. Uh, um, so, but all right, so we, uh, this has been this week's episode. It's been a lot of fun, been a little bit different, been a little bit more lighthearted. Um, I, uh, next week we'll do a healthcare and then, you know, we've been trying to do this education part two. bring you the rest of that. We will do that. Eventually we will get that done. Um, but it just takes some time to coordinate everybody's schedules. Um, so just bear with us with that. And please, if you want to listen to this on Spotify, on Apple podcast, on any platform, you're always welcome to catch us on YouTube. That's where the channel started. Um, there's more things on YouTube, like reactions and such that you can tune into. And we really appreciate you and we will see you next time. <laughs>